Back, you're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Tasman Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Wayne, David, good evening to you both. David, I shall start with you tonight. I don't know why every large JSE-listed company has to come out with results on the same day. Um, they could really... Dagger it out, you'd think. Um, but some of the some of the numbers that came out today were absolutely fabulous. Uh, and would you say that was supportive of where the auto ended, which was uh, definitely in the? I green. think over the last couple of days we've had good numbers. Today weren't they weren't particularly brilliant, but I think we've had like Supergroup, Grinrod, uh, mm. Advertech, Stadia. Some of those numbers were great today. It was a completely different thing. I think you, oh, look, we had Woolworths as well, but I think they had given us warning as well. So, um, but but overall, I think we took guidance from global markets where the US is up once more. And, you know, there's the views are starting to build that, and that's supported by economic data that the Fed will pause probably in September and maybe not raise again. You know, uh, it depends on the job numbers. It depends on the, um, you know, on on uh, that part of the market. So a lot of things are softening. So I think all of that is just supporting uh, view that rates are coming mm -hmm. down. We've seen it in, in treasuries as well. So um, just one thing that we have to watch out for, we had an awful budget deficit number that came yeah. out today. Whew. It's worthy of talking about. Uh, okay, well, explain that. Um, I mean, Wayne, uh, it, it was what, 100, uh, 100 odd billion rand? 143 billion. 143 billion. Um, which staggered everyone, and I think there was it went from a surplus of about thirty six billion, um, and th this is well, what does that what does this actually mean uh, for for the South African capital and equity markets? Look, I mean, obviously it's not good news, but I mean you have to understand that you know this is a one month number. Uh, secondly, clearly in comparison to the last few years, the tax that's coming in from mining companies has plummeted. When you look at the, the tax that the platinum companies are paying and what they're paying now on, on their current earnings, I mean, that's come down enormously. And of course, the whole economy is under, under strain, so tax revenues will be under pressure. And, you know, expenditure is always there. You know, it's, it, that never under, under reports. It's always on target or over target. So, this is the reality of the situation. I mean, the RAND didn't react much to it, but mm. it's, it's not good news. It does mean that the government has to borrow a lot more money, uh, and it is going to, and, but people don't really want to lend it money if you consider what's happened to the, I think there was a bond auction today that wasn't very well subscribed. Um, does that mean, okay, and, and I'll get to all the equity questions in, in a minute, but does that mean, what does that mean for if you're a buyer of government bonds, uh, that the, the prices are going to be affected or that you're actually going to get very high yields because the government has to entice people to buy its bonds in some way and, and it's going to, they're going to be priced accordingly, David. Yeah, exactly that. So I think there is a concern because, um, as Wayne explained, you know, they're under, we're under budget on revenue collections and we're over budget on expenditure, you know, way above which means that uh, we have to go to the market and borrow more. 
And if you looked, if you caught, you know, go back to February, we were on a very, very tight uh, uh, kind of balance. And there were all kinds of promises that we won't go to the market. You know, everything was set out. So I think this does create concerns. Iran is suddenly weakening now. It's 1864 mm. at a time where the dollar is coming under a bit of pressure. So how far this goes, I don't know. But it's, it's something that uh, we have to keep a very close eye on. Yeah. Uh, you know, where the government revenues are. And, and I'm sure that we brought in a lot of diesel. I'm sure that uh, a lot of stuff has come in in order to keep the lights on in this place as well. So mm. it's just it's just a worrying. I don't think it was reflected in the results in any way, you know, that we saw today. Yeah. But uh, just at the back of our minds, that's something that we have to watch carefully. Okay. Well, let's talk about some of those companies. I mean, you know, big companies came out with numbers like Aspen, and I'll get, but there aren't any questions on those. So I'll get to the questions first and then maybe some of the, the, the companies that reported. Uh, the cap results were guided for, however, really poor in all operations, says this viewer. In contrast, um, he's talking about Bidvest, but I assume that maybe he actually means Bidcorp, which came out with yeah. numbers today, has knocked the ball out of the park. Of course, we can't compare in stature and quality, but could this just be a blip on cap side? Management is reputable and quite solid. Surely the next results would be better or are there more structural issues? Uh, Wayne, what do you think? Cap's a funny company. I mean, it is truly South, truly South African orientated. And the market's anticipating this because this thing's at a three or four price earnings ratio, and you don't get much lower than that. But I still wouldn't buy it. Uh, even though there may be a recovery, it might be a bit of a one off, but I, I still wouldn't buy it. Mm. David, how about you? Would you also be circumspect? No. I, yeah, there were two areas that really disappointed. One was Unitrans, where you would have thought that a uh, logistic company, you know, particularly after the results we saw, would have been, you know, would have held up much better. And Safripol, which is the, uh, um, what do they call it? The, the, it's you know, the plastics. The, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's a big plastics plastic operation, shell, essentially. Also, both of those are the big operations, which which were really poor numbers and that. So it's, it's a company. And even if you look at the chart, it's just winding its way down. We're going to get bid vests results, I think, tomorrow, I think, or very soon. And I would imagine that's going to, you know, again, also give you a, a much better indicator than, say, a, a cap. Um, so, yeah, you know, wait for that. But bid cause results were really... You know, really very, very good. Mm. Well, um, I, I wish we, it. yeah, I wish we could bring up the cap share graph. Um, but mm. let's just very quickly talk about Bitcorp. AAP, not CAP. Yes. I know. Um, <laughs> if anyone in the control room is listening, um, but Bitcorp's results made me wonder. I, I looked at them and I thought, oh. damn it, why do I not have any Bitcorp shares? Why haven't I bought any Bitcorp shares? Because they were just spectacular, and the share mm. price has just done phenomenally well over the last five years. Um, Wayne, what did you make of them? Would you carry yeah, on buying look, them? I mean, Bitcorp, Bitvest are, are truly blue chip companies. I mean, there may still be a little bit of base effect from uh, from the lockdowns and that in, in both of their numbers, but especially Bitcorp's numbers. I mean, certainly when you, when you think about it, they're not going to do the same next year, but they can still do very, very well. The earnings can still do well. And it's interesting how the market works. Now, Bitvest is about a 21-22, sorry, Bitcorp is a 21-22 price earnings ratio. And they came up with 35% earnings. So clearly that was above expectations and the share price just shot up. And 
to be honest, this is a share that you've got to have in your portfolio over the longer term. Mm. It's a very, very good company. Yeah. Uh, would you buy it now, though? Or do you think it's maybe... Yeah. Okay. I would still buy it. Okay. Um, then there's a question about Blue Label, which also came out with results. Um, the viewer says, I looked at Blue Label's results today and struggled to understand their reporting. For example, Celsi <laughs> jumped from a 2.4 billion rand loss to a 4.6 billion rand profit despite a revenue decline. There are also many related party transactions and special purpose vehicles which complicate things. Uh, the question is, do you think Celsi is now sustainable and that Blue Label is a buy at these levels? David. Did you? I think so. I, I, there's 174 pages to go through <laughs> if you really want to try and understand the company. And not only that, it's in small print as well and in small numbers. So very, very difficult to understand. And I, I honestly try to get a grip of what's happening. When you look at Cell C, it's scary because there's no guarantee there, as they say. And I think this has come, remember, they recapitalized it. They put in, I don't know, another four or five billion. And that's why the numbers look better. But there's no guarantee that this company is doing well. You know, it just seems to be, uh, they just seem to be putting more and more money into it. I worry about that. And I think we've often spoken about the mobile businesses here. It's not an easy place to make money. Uh, and you've got the two elephants there in the room which is uh, MTN and Vodacom and it's very hard to displace them so yeah. you 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 operate at their behest um, you know in other words trying to pick up pieces so it's it's I, I don't know I, I and, and understanding the numbers very very difficult mm, so, yeah, yeah. I, you know I don't wonder if there's if it's deliberate or if it's because of the nature of the business or if there is a way for them to simplify the re reporting because it's, you know, you, it's, uh, incomprehensibility doesn't help your investment case. Um, well, the loans, you know, the structuring the loans are so difficult to understand and to get yes. grip That's the whole point is that, that uh, in order to get the kind of cash, it's, you know, they've had to do all kinds of financial engineering and i don't mean that in a negative way because i'm sure that they're well structured but for for any person looking at it the first, it's it's very difficult to gross to grasp so i don't know you know just a last question there I, I, <clears throat> worldwide there's consolidation in big telcos firms so generally there's one or two i mean ralph Mopita said it here they're looking at what's happening uh, i think with uh, is it orange um, I don't know if it's in, uh, in Spain, maybe. So if there are only one or two players, that that's what we'll end up with. Does it mean that Celsi gets bought out or does it just kind of win, uh, dwindle away? I mean, what do you think happens to Celsi? Well, look, I mean, Celsi and Telcom have been in this problem area ever since they started their, their mobile operations. You have got to have very deep pockets to be competitive, to get your network out there. And if you haven't got deep pockets and can't get the coverage, you've got to piggyback on the other guys and they take your margin. Mm. You know, so you actually can't win in this game. And mm. I mean, Telcom has been, you know, Telcom tried to merge with Celsius a while back. That didn't work. Then lots of people have tried to buy Telcom and that hasn't worked. And, you know, I don't think anyone wants to buy Celsius. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. It's a curious situation. Uh, right. Um, there is a question, quite a few questions on offshore stocks. Um, what's the panel's opinion on Alibaba and JD.com? Uh, these stocks have been absolutely punished over the last few months owing to the whole China situation. However, they have both managed to produce good results. Surely the world's second largest economy can't crash. Stimulus will eventually come and these are screaming buyers. Double question mark. 
Well, that's the big question, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you think they're screaming buyers or would you just run screaming from these companies? If, if you can read Mr. Xi Jinping, then they're screaming buyers. You have absolutely no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, they're reversing and trying to, you know, they destroyed these businesses. They clamped down on them. They clamped down on their expenditure because they were getting a little too big for their boots. And I think the world's lost uh, confidence in that, you know, lost confidence in, in, in China and doesn't believe that they're going to ease back on their, you know, on their authority or uh, on their control over these businesses. So, you know, from my point of view, yeah, being bitten, hurt, scars, okay, you know, just move on, look for somewhere else. Mm. Um, I'm not, China's a difficult place at the moment. So I think against that, uh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't touch them. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into them at this stage. Okay. Wayne, do you have a different view? Look, I think China will stimulate the economy and it will grow. I mean, it's not going to grow at the paces over, you know, over that, that we've almost got used to, but it will grow out of this bit of a, a slump that they're in now, simply because the rest of the world will probably grow over the next two years. And I mean, China is the big export machine that exports into that growth. So I think it will go. So I would actually buy these shares, whether they're going up in the next six months or not, I don't know. But, you know, when you look at the chart here, I mean, these things have been truly slaughtered. Mm. And, you know, they were the go-go shares and they have been destroyed. Uh, and a viewer asks us, which of the following are presently worthwhile buyers for the long term? Okay, Alibaba, so we've discussed that. Alphabet, Berkshire Hathaway and Meta. Uh, David. All of them. I think Berkshire's different. You know, Berkshire is uh, is America Inc. It's got Burlington, Northern Santa Fe. It's got the insurance companies. It's got a whole host of businesses. There's a lot of value locked in there, you know, because of the way that uh, Buffett accounts for it and the way that they these businesses are run. Um, and it's it's a very steady performer that will probably go with the S&P or maybe times outperformance. But I like both Alphabet and Meta, particularly what's coming up. Meta hasn't been on my buy list, but I think uh, it's almost a, a, a major turnaround that, that Zuckerberg has done and very well placed for uh, for AI. So those two probably would likely to outperform Berkshire, but there's nothing wrong with Berkshire. Mm. Uh, Wayne, uh, any thoughts there? Yeah. Look, I mean, all of these companies are now you know, the big tech bubble, you know, that's behind us now because the free money has gone. So now these are just companies that are going to be evaluated on profits and cash flows. And you can see what restructuring these companies have done to generate profits and cash flows because the share price doesn't just go up, you know, you know irrespective of what you're doing in the company. So I would agree with David. I would prefer Berkshire Hathaway, but I would actually also buy, buy all of them for the longer term. Okay. All right, and then we had our, disc, our division you know, of Alibaba. Those are all top. They all top ten businesses in the in the US. I mean, uh, in in value, they're they're multi trillion. Uh, or you know, what's uh, Alphabet's a one point seven trillion dollar company. Mm -hmm. uh, Meta even is uh, seven hundred and fifty seven, and Berkshire seven eighty seven. These are mammoth businesses. Um, you know, with, with, as Wayne says, with huge cash flows and generating huge amounts of money. So you work that out in Rand at 1860. Yeah. 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 I know, we can't I, even I, contemplate I, I it. Think, 
I worked out that Apple was bigger than the whole of JSE. I don't know. I think it's, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> so. I know, it is, it's really, it's, um, it's mm. okay, so on this note, so, if, okay, a viewer says, shorting the market. So we're talking about going long these shares. He says, Michael Burry, who was the, uh, yeah. the investor made famous by the big short, uh, took a $1.6 billion uh, short against the NASDAQ a while back, and it doesn't look good at the moment. Is it worth <laughs> looking into shorting shares? Or should one rather play it safe and just hold shares as they seem to reach new highs every year? Wait. Yeah. Look, look, shorting the market in general is not wise because the market goes up over time. You can get it right every now and again and make a fortune and look like a king. But understand, no one truly understands the market. I mean, no one, no one really understands. No one's a guru in the market. There's no, there's no infallible investment philosophy or person in the market. So shorting shares... I'm always being cautious about that. And secondly, yeah. now this is not talking about individual shares. Obviously, some shares will go down. But the danger for the market is behind us. We've had the period of rising interest rates because of rising inflation. And as David spoke about earlier on, you know, the next move over the next two years is downwards in interest rates because inflation is already falling. Mm. That's not the environment for big financial collapses. It really isn't. So I would I wouldn't be shorting now. Okay. Maybe you know shorting when inflation and interest rates started to go up. That's the danger for the equity market. But that danger more or less is behind us now. Hmm. So Michael Burry got it right, you know, in the big short. What was it? The, uh, the subprime uh, uh, housing yeah, crisis. too big to fail. Yeah, and, uh, and as Michael Marx says, you know, he says a lot of people make their reputation by getting things right once in a row. And um, <laughs> so, you know, so uh, I think Look, these, just be careful these, of reputations. Yeah, these hugely, these, yeah, uh, these hugely maverick uh, uh, investment people have come along and short yeah and do all of this. Number one, there's got to be a highly unusual set of circumstances that enable them to spot that mistake. And those circumstances aren't around all the time. They happen once every 10, once every 15 years mm. that the circumstances arise, which leads to the ability to make that position. It's not as though it's always in the market, just currently undiscovered. Yeah. Okay, and here's another one following on these. Oh, oh, sorry, just a, um, a sort of a technical question. Um, a viewer says, uh, when you suggest an offshore stock, is the stock good for the current RAND value, or is it good for the money taken offshore already at maybe a better rate of exchange? Mm. Who are you talking about? Me? Well, I don't know, actually. Whoever could answer <laughs> <Yeah>. that question. <laughs> Look, you must always evaluate whether you're going to buy or sell, or sell yeah. something on today's price. Yeah. Can you do better locally or overseas on today's price? doesn't matter when you took the RAND overseas because you can bring it back at this exchange rate into RANDs. You know, so you must evaluate the outlook on today's facts. If you think an overseas share can do better than keeping your money in South Africa, then buy the share. doesn't matter when you took your money out. Yeah, okay. I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, look at the underlying fundamentals. If you like it, buy it. Um, and there again, you've got to compare with what you can do here. But generally, we make the views on, you know, on on where we think that chair is going to go. Yeah, not trying to read the rand is, is well nigh impossible. Yeah.
Okay, so then I suppose there may be a, like a, a somewhat nuanced follow-on from a different viewer. He says, or they say, uh, surely there are better opportunities offshore than locally, but with the RAND at current levels, does it make sense then to buy local companies in RANDs, like Supergroup, Anglo Gold, or Richemont, that earn income overseas? So if you don't want to, I mean, is that... But then uh, why? <coughs> you, know, you know, you must remember, only about 20% of... The JSE is truly South African companies that earn income in rands and pay expenses in rands. Another big proportion are companies that like mining companies that might have business interests, so their costs are in rand, but they earn in dollars. But the overwhelming proportion of our share market are overseas companies that earn in dollars and pay in dollars or some other foreign currency. You know, so you don't have to take your money overseas to get non-rand exposure. There's, there's plenty of non-rand exposure on our JSE. Yeah. My back of the matchbox or back of the cigarette box uh, calculation is that 75%. In fact, I yeah. think it's more of the, of the JSC listed businesses. You know, I'm talking the not the all share index because it's a distorted index. But I mean, if you look at the, you know, the, the capitalization of the JSC, 75% of those businesses uh, earn money offshore. There's very, there's very, and, and the, the local exposure, a couple of mines like, some of the platinum mines and yeah, but uh, even then they earn dollars. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. Even then, you know. So you got so you got a couple of retailers and you got the banks that's, and the banks and a that's few it. life insurers. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Totally. Uh, uh, so you're getting a lot of dollar exposure. Okay, so maybe the more direct question is, would you buy Supergroup, Anglo Gold, Richemont, for example, at this point? I mean, Supergroup came out with results and. Uh, what mm. was it Monday? Monday or uh, yeah. yesterday? Yeah. They just—I mean, this is a proper a proper turnaround story. It's, it was a long yes. slog, but they got there. Would you buy them because they've got the Australian business, um, and they've got a UK business? Would you buy them for that rand hedge quality, necessarily? Just buy them for no, the quality. <laughs> just buy it for the quality. Yeah. yeah. But remember, Anglo Gold and Richmond are not South African companies. Eh? Yeah. Mm. Definitively not. And, uh, and then it was a good number. Uh, you know, I mean, Supergroup was. I, I, in fact, I think uh, before you come to stock picks and that, I think there are there are a number of businesses that came out that you know can make that list, and I think Supergroup's one of them. Really good, and and and, and a nice spread of businesses. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a nice balance, not just relying on one business to get them through. So yeah. Yeah. It's and, worth looking at. And I suppose hmm. Bidcorp. Reports in rands, but makes a lot of its Same. earnings uh, in, oh, in, in offshore currencies. Um, yes, very little rand. Yeah. yeah, very little rand. Very quick question: two very small companies. Before I get to your stock picks, um, Bola Metcalf and Metair. Can the panel please advise <laughs> or uh, discuss? I've had them for over a year. And nothing is happening. They're down quite a bit. So should I just cut my losses and sell? I mean, Bola Metcalf is beloved of small <laughs> that, cap that values. since they listed in '87. Bola Metcalf. <laughs> so I don't know. Pit Fulian will probably murder us because I think it's one of these companies that that he would look at, or, or Chris Logan, or one of those chaps down in the Cape. But I, I, I don't. I don't know. What are they? Packaging company? Packaging. What are they? I don't even yeah. packaging. Oh. Well, They've been know. around forever. I mean, they're they're forever. a very good operator. And I think they're the same size as when they listed. You know, so, so uh, Look, I, I would not be selling South African shares like that no. today. Mm. And Mete? Mete has Mete's had its own issues. You know, South African. Yeah, Mete had issues with the floods and uh, Toyota, yeah. you know, because they 
they provide a lot of the original equipment to Toyota, and that should also have some battery around. issues. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but it's not, it's not a bad company, Mete, actually. Yeah. Okay, so you would probably not sell, actually, even though these yeah. things have done nothing. Uh, well, okay. I imagine Dave would take a different. Yeah, I, I actually liked Meteor at one point, but I think they had a few issues, and I don't know whether they've overcome them uh, recently. Uh, so I'm talking without having a, a look at them recent, you know, a recent look at them. Okay. Very, uh, yeah. Right. Well, it's a decent operation. Yeah. And in the last minutes uh, between the two of you, your stock picks, Wayne, what what you're going for? Look, I'm going for Motors. I mean, if you want a real South African company, this is it. Now, they came up with results. Results weren't the greatest ever. I mean, they weren't bad. Market hated them. Market hated them, and I can't understand it. This is a four price earnings ratio of four PE. Yeah. It looks tremendously yeah, undervalued. The debt might have gone up. To the results yeah. that, they, that they got. Uh, they did seem the earnings, to go share, up earnings per share were up 7%, and it's a four PE. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. But so I think this is yeah. an undervalued story. Yeah. Okay, uh, but as David said, the debt went up quite a lot, and the cash generated mm. disappeared yeah. just about. Okay, but you would still go for them, uh, David? How about yeah. you? I I like the companies that we were mentioning. You can take all of them as one. You know, um, in fact, Pick you one. can put Grinrod, yeah, Grinrod Supergroup, <laughs> Bitcorp. <laughs> what else did we come up with? Uh, um, Advertech. All of those, I think, uh, worthy of buying. So I can't choose one of them. I liked Advertech very much. Super, you know, great result, and just incredible how much how much people will pay on, uh, you know, for education and uh, well, you know, well-run business. I prefer it to the Curos and Stadios, okay. although Stadios seems to be okay. So if I had to pick one, I like Advertech. Yeah. Okay. Well, we showed Bitcorp, but uh, but but hey, no, that's ho. okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's my fault because I told him to put Bitcoin up. Yeah. But I thought you confused the living daylights so out of us. Confuse me. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we shall leave it there. David Wayne, thanks for joining us this evening. David Shapiro is from Satsun Securities. Wayne Montcurry is from FNB Wealth and Investments. And up next to the close, stay with us. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.